I want to discuss a bit more and take you back to what you mentioned, because I actually wrote it down. You said the affiliate space in India is approached with the wrong mindset. Uh, yeah. that, is, that is quite a statement. And uh, I would like to stress on that because, you know, obviously our listeners, our, our viewers would uh, want to understand the Indian market itself a bit further, a bit more in-depth. Um, what are the main misconceptions, do you think, that, uh, you know, affiliate marketers or, you know, our friends in the industry and uh, people that want to start in affiliate marketing, uh, what are the main misconceptions of, you know, working with the Indian market in the space in regards to affiliate marketing, Gaurav? Yeah, I think the first biggest misconception is that Indian people don't have uh, the spending ability. Uh, but as I as I mentioned that India right now is doing 26 times more uh, digital payments than the uh, uh, United States of America. I think that proves that statement. Uh, another right. thing uh, that is a misconception with the affiliate marketers and my fellow friends is uh, the vernacular uh, usage uh, that is being done. Uh, now, India is a huge country, geography-wise and population-wise. And to be very honest, the language and the culture uh, and the user mindset and the user behavior changes every hundred miles or so. Every few hundred miles, if I don't exaggerate it. Uh, now, what I've seen is whenever a user or, or, or an affiliate is trying to target the Indian industry, they would go all Hindi on the users. Hindi is the uh, one of the languages spoken in India. And I've seen people would create people would create pre-landers or their off pages um, that are in Hindi. But it would be surprising to know to some of my friends who are outside India that Hindi is just one of the few languages that are spoken in India. Mm, although it is widely accepted, but not a lot of people, and, and it is widely spoken, but not a lot of people know how to read Hindi. Uh, so that again is one failure. Uh, I think when I, what I really do when I promote campaigns in India is that I know for a fact that whatever language you speak, English is one language that people understand, if not fully, if, if, if they're not able to speak fully, they understand important parts of it. So right. the language that I speak is not English, is not Hindi. The language that I speak is Hinglish. Uh, it is a mixture of Hindi and English. So even if you're creating pages in English, that's what I do. I always create a page first in English uh, and I would make the UI and UX in such a way uh, that the important parts are always highlighted and I use important terms that people understand. I don't make pages in Hindi to start with uh, or I don't make pages completely in very fluent English. Uh, if I'm promoting a health product, I would use terms as health insurance, the amount that you have to pay, the month will be right. highlighted. So people would understand what you're telling and people would understand the gist of it. Uh, you have to use your call to actions properly. Uh, maybe make the users understand through an emoji that this is where the users have to click. Uh, so I think that approach has to be there. You have to go vernacular only. I believe I believe that you have to go vernacular only when you're scaling uh, or for a certain right. type of products. Uh, like, for example, uh, you cannot expect Tinder to go vernacular because it targets the younger audience and the younger audience in tier three as well, already speak English, they know how to read English. However, Definitely. if you are a news website uh, and you are promoting a hyper-local and you are telecasting a hyper-local news that is, uh, that is uh, you know, that is about a certain society in a certain city, you have to go hyper-local. Otherwise, most of the uh, elderly people who want to read it would not be able to read it because they don't know how to read English maybe. Uh, so going vernacular is again one mistake that people really do in India. Mm -hmm. I think it's required only when you have that product and when you're scaling uh, and not just required to go uh, Hindi or Marathi as soon as you start the campaign because uh, people travel a lot in India. Uh, there will be people from Mumbai who will be working in Delhi. Uh, so there's no need for them to show them Hindi. Uh, so it. I mean, it's required to go vernacular only when it's required to go vernacular, when your product demands it and not just promoting any product that is not required to go that way. Right. So initially for affiliate marketers, it would definitely be a lot easier for them, right? Because with this misconception, a lot of affiliate marketers would definitely translate all of their texts in English to different languages in India, right? I mean, apparently, or you 
you know, obviously using Google Translator, which is not that efficient or not that correct yes. when it comes to translations. So that's one thing. But um, it's definitely quite an interesting uh, outlook of it that, you know, the country itself, as you said, the younger generation or let's say the, um, the working force, the younger working force uh, definitely uh, is, if you could, if we could define it, um, would you say that they have a better educational background in this case? Um, so, see, India is a young country, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, education system was not very strong. It's still not very strong, uh, especially in, in the tier three cities. But with the rise of social media, people have now started to understand the important words. So it's not necessary that you create a page. People will understand the entire sentence. That is where I laid the part wherein you have to emphasize on important words rather than important sentence so that the user right. understands it. So even the education system in tier one and tier two has really improved over the years. Uh, people have adopted English as English is widely spoken in India. It's, it's, a, it's another misconception that Indian majority of the Indians don't know how to speak English. But uh, I'm sure Rohit speaks three different languages, two to three different languages. <laughs> I speak two to three different languages. The common connecting factor is English with us. If I meet a person from one state and I meet the person, the common factor and the comfort is with English. Uh, so yes, younger audience, not only because of the educational changes, but with the rise of social media um, and globalization as a whole, because on social media, you, you're meeting, you're chatting with people outside of uh, India and you're talking to people outside of, uh, I mean, different parts of the world. English is the com connecting factor. So that is where uh, the difference comes in. And that is where the younger generation, uh, especially the ones who have in tier three, who we perceive might not have the best of educational background, but since they have access to a cheap smartphone and fast data connection, they know how to understand the words or you know understand the sentence. Even if they're not able to uh, speak English fluently, they'd be able to communicate with you. So yes, uh, uh, educational background is not the only aspect. Uh, there are a lot of different things that have uh, uh, catalyzed the user of India, uh, the catalyzed the user of English in India. I actually have a different perspective on that. I think that the Indian uh, population, you know, uh, uh -huh. and the educational system has always been uh, has always been a priority, in my opinion. I mean, we do see, you know, even the older generations uh, of Indians, even you know, in the country, and of course. Um, immigration is a big part of the country. Uh, you know, I think we all agree on that, right? Yes. We have, you know, you know, Indians everywhere, and also like smart minds, and um, you know, very corporate wise. Uh, you know, really uh, a lot of uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of um, you know, um, people from different companies, global companies, corporations that are uh, being run, you know, by uh, Indians in a sense. Uh, but I guess I want to stress on the fact that social media, as you said, definitely provided more penetration, more valuable um, uh, get into for, for the audience or for, for the Indian audience, especially as you said, in tier two, tier three regions, to have more access to opportunities, wouldn't you say? Yes, I think uh, it is true. Uh, but the people who uh Come, who, who go outside of India to work or, or to uh, get, you know, settle down outside India, uh, already maybe come from a background wherein they can afford to do that, uh, right. you know, financially or, or culturally. Uh, there are a lot of people in tier three that I want to stress upon. Tier one and tier two, I think is solid. People know how to uh, communicate or how to read or write. Tier three is a bit of a problem where education is also lacking. Uh, I think that is that is where uh, social media has come into play, or or if if I can say the younger generation, uh, uh, globalization and uh, uh, the approach to become cooler maybe, or to talk to people outside of India, uh, has also played a role wherein people have started to understand that I and and Indians do that. Uh, I don't see that in a lot of other countries, but in India, if you speak speak English properly, uh, you're already up the umbrella. Uh, in a certain right, way. Right. So I think that's also a factor wherein right from the very young age, uh, the parents have started emphasizing on the fact that uh, we don't care if our kid understands or you know speaks his regional language properly, but English is the language that has to be uh, the primary one. And a lot of schools have also now 
started emphasizing on the fact that English has to be a primary language because again that opens the door globally for you. If you speak only regional language, you are stuck to that city and right. not even India as a whole. But if you can speak English, it opens up the doors for you globally. And also, when it comes to, um, as I said, you know, with with content and uh, with the departure of TikTok in the country, that on its own really brought in uh, so many such apps, you know, short video apps that have you know, boomed and also because of the pandemic and, uh, and even post-pandemic are, are still seeing quite a great, uh, intense amount of, you know, um, of, uh, of trend, I would say, and demand in the country itself. And uh, um, do you think, and uh, I'll, I'll take this to Rohit as well. Uh, Rohit, uh, d- do you think that um, with the rise of such social TikTok apps, uh, replicas, I would say, right, um, do you guys see any opportunity for such apps to become super apps at some point? You're on mute, I guess, right? I'm extremely sorry about that. <laughs> yes, I think yeah, almost all the apps you know that has come up post, uh, you know. Um, the ban of TikTok, exit of TikTok. I, I, you know, you can name one, you know, which is the exact replica would be Moj. Um, and I, I, you know, I can even say, you know, Instagram Reels. I mean, even they picked up in the country post the ban of TikTok. Till then, you know, it was only TikTok. TikTok was a revolution over here. Uh, but of course, yes, you know, post, uh, you know, TikTok moving and Reels have picked up well. Uh, Moj has picked up well. ShareChat, I mean, ShareChat, again, you know, is another company, you know, which benefited out of the exit of TikTok. But the concept of ShareChat is completely, you know, different. I mean, as we spoke about vernacular, right? I mean, regional content. So ShareChat relies more on the regional content. So, for example, you know, they are present in 15 languages. And each state, you know, the entire platform is in the language of that state. It's vernacular. It's completely vernacular. And they are actually monetizing it. Um, I think, yes, I mean, these apps do have few uh, features and especially that is especially because of the rise in um, influencer marketing. I mean, you know, you have social media influencers and right, absolutely. they really influence a lot of brands. I mean, so rise of influencers, the rise of, you know, the change in trend of, you know, the large format video to short video formats. I mean, I think is really going to, you know, benefit uh these apps and i think they are going to you know like actually uh you know change the entire mindset change the way you know like people think and they've already you know like been doing that i mean change the way you know content the way the content is perceived uh amongst the consumers right, right. i mean so there is a change and they are pre- doing pretty well and that's basically because of the mindset and they actually you know completely rely on you know the trend the more going trend uh, you know, in the industry in terms of uh, the advertising. The reason why I asked this question, Gaurav, is I stumbled upon an app uh, that is uh, functioning in the Philippines. It's called Kumu. It started as a content uh, app, like, uh, you know, like short videos and people like, you know, sharing their, like, uh, I don't know, whatever talent they have on the app itself. At some point, it turned into an e-commerce app, and then it they probably have plans to expand it into like different other incorporations of different services. Um, I would compare it to something that Paytm is doing or PhonePay is doing in the country in India. Uh, so do you guys uh, see a space there uh, in terms of uh, such apps or such brands to diversify themselves further and have further growth in the country? There obviously has to be a way for them to monetize. Uh, right. right now, uh, what they're doing is they're spending a lot of money on the servers because there's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of cost involved in it uh, when it comes to marketing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So there's a need for them to start monetizing. 2023 is going to be the year where possibly we would see these short video apps in India being starting to uh, monetize their traffic through ads or however way. Uh, but I believe, especially in India, um, a lot of people, now this is completely my perspective, uh, a lot right. of people in the, on the short video apps are younger generation uh, and super younger generation, uh, which might not have that amount of spending ability. Uh, 
right now. So creating an e-commerce marketplace or something wherein they have to transact, I think that's a really tough road to go. But yes, I think that they can possibly convert it into a creator's economy uh, wherein they uh, the content, I mean, these guys start uh, uh, doing something that is affordable by uh, by the content creators and start paying them as well. Right. Uh, in a way, start making money through ads, through advertisers. So I think the first change that we're going to see is through advertisements. And that will be, again, interesting to see how much... Uh, the advertisers are going to spend what are the exact demographics of those uh, applications because if those demographics are under 21 of school or college going students i think it's not going to do much and it will be a bad news for um, the application owners but i think if the audience is wider the demographics are wider i think they're going to start with advertisements first and then they're going to develop into something that is adopted easier uh, by the Indian audience and not just throw an e-commerce product or e-commerce website on their face because you have to also understand that establishing or starting an e-commerce brand in India is also not very easy. So I don't see e-commerce being integrated there but I see a lot of other stuff like uh, incentivization wherein the user would be incentivized to possibly watch it and eventually the advertiser would be uh, paid some money, uh, something that does not have to do with transacting online. Uh, right, right. Necessarily hard transacting online, but I think soft and in, soft intense incentivization uh, through which the advertiser and the end influencer makes money. I think they have to find a balance there. So they really have to be innovative there. But I don't find hard transactions being done on these short video apps anytime soon. Got you. Uh, Gaurav, Got I uh, have a small uh, question. You know that I wanted to ask. Um, going forward, I mean, you know, in 2023, you know, like, what do you think, you know, are going to be the offers or what do you think uh, are going to be the verticals, you know, which would actually, you know, like be a game changer, I can say, you know, be a game changer or, you know, which is actually, you know, going to spend a lot or, you know, what are the emerging verticals, you know, from India, emerging verticals you see that, you know, that would emerge out of India and that even might, you know, go globally. Uh, as I've stressed, uh, I don't think fintech slowing down anytime soon. It's only mm-hmm. going to grow. Uh, uh, so fintech, yes, I think is the strongest vertical uh, at this point in time. It has been in, in the year 2022. I think it will continue to be in the year of 2023. So fintech is one that we really have to look for. Um, I think uh, insurance is going to increase as well. Uh, because right now insurance uh, insurers have only been able to penetrate uh, the tier 1 industry and a part of tier 2 and tier 3 but there's a lot uh, uh, of scope with insurers as well uh, and as the word of mouth a uh, word of mouth uh, floats around as the government encourages people to buy insurances uh, and as people see that uh, why are they get, others getting insured i think insurance is one vertical that we really have to look forward to uh, one vertical that I really see growing again is the hyper-local marketplaces, uh, 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 simple marketplaces as we mentioned like pets or home decor um, because home decor is one uh, that has grown after the pandemic. People, are, people have been spending time at homes and now they have the need to decorate their home. So that is one uh, area I think uh, hyper-local marketplaces is one that I see really growing after this. Uh, one specific industry uh, that I really grow, see growing is fulfillment services uh, because right now e-commerce fulfillment in India is crude. Uh, uh, anyone who's able to fulfill that gap between the end user and the person who's uh, who's the product owner, I think that will be a real game changer in, in the space. But I don't th- see that uh, really coming into effect in 2023, but I think it will start think, to pick uh, up pace. I think Zepto has done a pretty good job, you know, like, uh, I mean, they've yet to, uh, I mean, go pan India, but yeah. in Bangalore, the fulfillment service, I think, you know, one of the players, you know, like who's really made a difference is Zepto. I mean, they're doing pretty uh, good in terms of, uh, you know, the offers and the delivery speed. Yes, so but, I the, think, but, but the whole intention is to go pan India and not only pan India into deeper, uh, say, for example, possibly town level, wherein mm-hmm. uh, a lot of 
so I don't know if Renz knows or the audience knows this or not. A lot of products in India uh, are returned because the shipping guy is not able to reach the house, even if he has the address. So sometimes it also becomes very difficult to, you know, get where the person is located. So any fulfillment services that using proper AI or I don't know how they design it, but anyone who's able to fill this gap, I think, will blow out of proportion. Is there a service that uh, kind of solves that issue, though? Or the companies that actually deliver, uh, you know, uh, need to step it up? Yes, there are services now that, that are starting to do it, but there's no foolproof way that they're able to do it. See, I live in a tier one city. It's very easy for me to send a product from one place to another. And there may be right. challenges in tier three cities or tier three towns that we don't even know of. Since uh, I, I've been reading it online, since this is a problem uh, of fulfillment, uh, I think that is a problem. And uh, not only fulfillment is a problem, but the rate at which the order is fulfilled is a problem. Uh, because uh, uh, when you're working in a country like India, wherein you have to give out discounts and the pro price of the product has to be cheap, uh, and maybe you're selling high quality product, uh, your margins are really low. So you don't really want any fulfillment service to uh, ask for something that is really high. So the fulfillment service has to be in such a way that it also is uh, allows the, the advertiser's pocket to, uh, you know, onboard them. Uh, so there are a lot of aspects associated with right now, the fulfillment services uh, or the logistic services that uh, are present charge higher. So, if, for example, if I want to send a package from one place to another, I believe as an end user, the price is really high. If someone is able to bring it down uh, and especially to uh, the level of tier three towns, I think uh, it's a game changer. That's amazing. I mean, you know, with your insights, it really is very apparent that there are so many opportunities and so many even startups that actually, you know, provide solutions for uh, everyday uh, issues or, you know, uh, problems. Uh, I think this is just the beginning. Yes, you know, I think artificial I, intelligence and machine learning uh, are the biggest things. Uh, as you mentioned, any startup who's working on it and is able to solve a problem in Indian ecosystem that can be related to anything. Uh, if you're right. able to solve a problem, you are close to making yourself a unicorn. Uh, that's all. I mean, you mentioned also about, you know, the fintech insurance. Um, what other types of offers do you see uh, will be trending moving ahead to Q1 and further on in 2023? I think with Play Store giving the acceptance to uh, gaming advertisers, uh, gaming uh, might see an increase with more penetration in the users. Uh, I think short video apps will continue to grow. Um, uh, EdTech is one space uh, which I personally feel is not, it, although it's, uh, it's been used by a lot of people, it's not widely appreciated by a lot of people. Uh, so if EdTech industry is uh, going to bring in a change in India, uh, I think EdTech is one space that will uh, really bring uh, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, will, will be uh, a lot trending in India. So yes, these are some of the more industries that I see growing. And I think then there come smaller uh, hyper-local things. Uh, uh, like you can make, uh, there are people who, who you know, make juice, fresh juice, and uh, make a, a million dollar company out of it uh, with their ideas. Uh, we've seen that in uh, Shark Tank, which was recently uh, aired in India. So I think opportunities mm -hmm. are huge. Uh, Any way that you're solving a problem in India, um, you're making yourself a lot of money. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, so far, we definitely have heard a lot of interesting insights from you. And um, one last thing from me before I, I take it back to, uh, uh, to Roy. Um, you mentioned about Google Play Store, right? Yes. Um, it has been a huge, huge industry. And there are, uh, you know, dedicated ad networks and companies that are uh, focused on um, app advertising, right? Yeah. Um, where do you see it headed? Do you think, for example, with the rise and the boom of, <coughs> apologies, of um, TikTok-like apps, like short video apps, uh, uh, utility apps, um, you know, I see a lot of VPNs uh, in the country as well. 
Um, with this trend, uh, do you see any uh, other type of offers that could utilize uh, the, the current uh, you know, trends in India? Interesting fact that you mentioned VPN. Um, again, VPN, uh, just, just a short fact, VPN uh, was, as per what I've read, uh, VPN was primarily started being used by Indians after the porn ban. Uh, just for FYR, porn was banned in India. Um, I'm sorry, so say what? There, say what? Pornog- there was pornography, porn? watching pornography, yeah. Pornography. Uh, oh. Uh, that was banned in India a few years back. I think uh, that really triggered the usage of uh, VPNs. Uh, and not only that, uh, people are now getting educated about the privacy issues and the security issues. Uh, and VPN kinds of, to some extent, solves it. Uh, so VPN had uh, uh, acceptance in India. Um, one more thing, because B2B, uh, 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 I'm sorry, D2C segment is growing in India in e-commerce. Uh, one segment that re- that really grow is uh, B2B services, uh, because now if I have a shop in India and I want to take it digitally, uh, I would need a domain name, I would need server and all that stuff. I would need a website builder. So all these services will also B2B services that provide the creation of a business online would also grow in India. Uh, they have been seeing that trend. They will uh, continue to do do so. Um, and yes, uh, uh, applications have always been a part uh, of mobile phones because um, we have to understand one thing that West was a desktop first generation. Uh, right. Uh, in US, people started using desktop first because before uh, mobile phones or smartphones came into existence, Indians straight away started using mobile phones. There were not a, not a lot of people that had access to a wide I would say a wide uh, amount, amount of people did not have access to desktop before they started using the mobile phone. So uh, applications, yes, is a very integral part. If they are available on Google Play, I think uh, especially gaming uh, VPNs and uh, free or freemium apps. I think uh, that that they're going to see a boost uh, uh, soon. They've already been seeing a boost. I'm sure at Propeller Ads also you would have seen a lot of social media. Uh, and not only those couple of uh, uh, brands that we mentioned, a lot of them uh, uh, would be advertising uh, in that space. And I'm sure they'll continue to do so to increase the user uh, penetration in India. And I think that is why Tinder is rocking it in India. Yeah. And, and there's one more thing. Uh, because India is very new to mobile phones as well, uh, there was a trend in the West wherein people would download cleaner boosters, uh, and all those kinds of right. apps that work on push right. and pops and uh, possibly native, these are really booming in India because we right now don't know if how they're monetizing it. But since they're giving it away for free, they might be using some kind of information. Now, people in West are educated about it. People in India are not. So, there, I've seen a lot of people uh, promoting cleaner boosters, free VPNs. And all that kind of stuff in India uh, through app stores uh, and through Play Store, which is really uh, possibly one of the highest vertical, if I'm not wrong, in India in push and pop. Well, I guess they're monetizing those apps like cleaners and everything else. The way that they would monetize them is through ads in this case, right? Yes. Right now, I I see them uh, doing it through ads, but I'm very sure that uh, uh, if... If at all, I'm not very sure if at all they're using some kind of user data to uh, do something else as well, because you have all mm-hmm. kinds of information. They take all kinds of permissions from you before you download the application. So you don't really know what kind of uh, information, how, how the information is being used at the back end. Uh, hopefully they're not doing uh, anything shady, but I've seen a lot of offers that might also do. And that is why the Indian government triggered a lot of uh, bans on the application. That was not because of any conflict. That was majorly because of the security reasons. But don't you think that Google Play Store or, you know, different other app stores uh, are enforcing, um, you know, measures to combat this? They are, but you can always chip in. Google Play Store will allow you until a point wherein Google Play Store does not find out that you're doing anything shady. The moment they... I mean, they find it, they'll ban you, and you can come up with another application with the same kind of code, just tweaked it a bit, just tweaked a bit so that Google doesn't find out and you run again. So it, it, it's That's... not that Google Play Store is 100% foolproof. Uh, there's, there are always chances to slip in code that might not be very useful to you. TikTok, for the matter of fact, has been accused of using a lot of information without user's permission. 
TikTok is right. a widely famous, fastest growing app in the world. So there are always possibilities to do whatever you want to do if you're smart enough. <laughs> Let's put it right there. Just yeah. whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot of uh, verticals that we discussed, a lot of good discussion that we had. Um, and I think, you know, like we should uh, keep having sessions like this, you know, focusing on verticals and then, you know, like, I think, you know, it's it's good to, you know, share knowledge. Um, but one one last thing, you know, like I would uh, definitely you know, want to ask you, I mean, you did uh, speak about, you know, the uh, ad format, you know, that is widely used by the clean, you know, the, the cleaner apps and, you know, the other particular verticals in terms of which is, I mean, like push and uh, pop. Um, I would like to understand more on the traffic sources as well. I mean, what what is the kind of traffic, you know, that these brands are looking for? And what other uh, what other ad formats do you think, you know, like are relevant and, you know, uh, brands do, you know, want it? I mean, we've spoken about, you know, verticals like fintech, you know, which is going to be booming and which is really going to be the game changer. Uh, what do you think, you know, would be the traffic source they would be interested in? Uh, what do you think would be the ad formats, you know, that they would really want to work with? That's uh, a good I question. Think, yeah, I think since we have stressed upon the fact that in, to enter India and to run a profitable business, it is important to uh, do hyper-local targeting. Uh, I believe that Google and Facebook is going to be uh, still the dominant uh, traffic channels that uh, the advertisers and the affiliates are going to adopt. Uh, uh, except for that, I think one vertical that is really getting its uh, space in the industry is micro-influencers. Um, uh, it's not influencers anymore where an, an influencer would have, uh, say, 5 million or 10 million followers and they would promote a Pepsi brand or the, they would do a deal with uh, the cricket team of India. It's not that anymore. You see a lot of micro-influencers with a couple of hundred, a couple of thousands or a couple of hundred thousands followers uh, uh, only with a certain kind of niche uh, audience that wants to listen to a certain kind of uh, content. So I think micro-influencers uh, or nano-influencers to that extent is one vertical that I think will really grow. Uh, when it comes to hyper-local targeting, it's also interesting to see how propeller ads shape, uh, uh, shapes up because propeller ads uh, has been introducing uh, some kind of behavioral and uh, user-level targeting. Uh, demographics targeting on their platform, which I don't see other people have been doing uh, when it comes to display space other than the social media apps. So it's also inter interesting to see how propeller ads uh, targeting shapes up. Uh, but yes, I think these are the verticals uh, that are uh, we have to watch out for uh, are the influencer, uh, micro-influencer thing. But Google and Facebook, again, any day uh, for a few years are going to be the dominant factors. Uh, one in interesting aspect that we have to look out for is that Google primarily is uh, uh, is text-based, uh, but they're moving to voice now. Uh, and we've been talking about uh, how to handle vernacular space in India. Uh, and Indians, uh, although they type in English, uh, they have the browser language set as English, but they speak other languages. It'll be interesting to see how uh, India adapts to that space as well. Oh, in fact, you know, that was exactly, that was something, you know, I wanted to ask you next. I mean, the use of vernacular creatives, uh, do you think, you know, that it's necessary and do you think it's uh, actually, you know, going to make a lot of change uh, for Propeller Ads as a company as well as for the client when, when you talk about, uh, you know, the ROI or the response, you know, that they would generate from the market using a vernacular language. How do you think, you know, a vernacular creative, you know, actually fits into uh, you know, the space of affiliate marketing? Um, one thing that traditionally the affiliates have been doing wrong, according to my perspective, is that they have been using vernacular creative depending on the region that the advertiser is targeting. Uh, I think that is very wrong uh, um, because a user sitting in Tamil Nadu, it's not necessary that he will not be able to speak English. Maybe uh, the product that you're promoting requires it to be in English. So I think rather than uh, the demographic, depending on the demographics, the user or I mean the affiliate should rely on the product that, that, that you're promoting. I personally am not a very big fan of vernacular targeting until and unless it is absolutely necessary for the product uh, and the targeting that is required uh, on the product level. Um, for example, if I'm promoting a dating website, 
uh, and I want users to deposit or if I'm promoting gaming and I want users to deposit money into that, I would never go vernacular because I know for a fact that the user has a phone, is playing that game in English uh, or, or, or the dating app is in English, he would be comfortable reading uh, something in English. So there's no need to uh, go vernacular and create a headache for yourself. But if a product is something that caters to an older audience uh, or uh, something like Nutra, I think vernacular there is important. Uh, so it's important to see the user that you're targeting rather and the product that you have in hand rather than checking the regions. Uh, so I think usage of vernacular is required only uh, when you're targeting a certain section of people that you believe have the need to target uh, have have the need to uh, target in vernacular languages and not just go all uh, Hindi languages on Indian people. Uh, so yes, I think uh, it's really really good. It's really, really good that we're stressing out and highlighting this part of our, uh, our conversation because most of the questions that we have received in terms of, you know, uh, targeting India, uh, in terms of you know, the best targeting strategies, uh, you know, localization does come up, you know, and uh, vernacular and everything else. And, and of course, in terms of different ad formats, uh, and I want to follow up on what Rohit mentioned uh, in terms of trending ad formats and traffic types. Do you see, um, with, um, I would say, the decline of, of Facebook, um, but it's still being targeted heavily by a lot of advertisers, right? Um, where do you think advertisers would diversify themselves? Uh, I mean, obviously, a lot are, are heading towards TikTok uh, and all of these apps, right? But um, if we're talking about uh, you know, different other uh, ad formats or traffic sources, uh, where do you think that uh, affiliate marketers should focus their time on to uh, in making their money's worth when it comes to return of investment? Um, so Facebook, yes, has been a problem. And unfortunately, Indian targeting Indian audience uh, is not possible on TikTok because TikTok does not exist. I understand that in US, uh, the problems that Meta has been having have been countered right. to a lot of extent. Uh, so I think a lot of problems uh, that were being faced by the US affiliate marketers who were targeting US audiences have been catered by TikTok to some extent, but in India, that's not an option with the users and uh, the affiliates. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Facebook is the thing uh, on display that they have to use somehow, uh, some way or the other. And I think the audience is so wide uh, that it's still possible. Uh, there, there are not too much problems uh, as people are facing in the West uh, because uh, with Facebook, the CPCs are also lower and where you have the option to target and the CPCs are higher, you are actually hyper-targeting. So that will also give you the money back. Uh, but anyone who's moving out of Facebook, I've seen a lot of trend that people have been moving to um, simpler sources that have lower um, uh, uh, regulations and uh, uh, problems uh, with creative and, and the product is native and push. Uh, so these are, one, these are the sources of uh, display channels wherein I've seen that people and the advertisers have fallen back to. Um, uh, for simplicity and for longer run because Facebook bans your account every second day. That right. is not the problem with native. That is not the problem with push. But yes, the adaptation will take a bit of time uh, because push does not work or native does not work the way Facebook does. Uh, so getting adapted, getting used to, uh, getting to know the CPCs and your EPCs is, is, is important. Once the advertisers find a winning product and are able to uh, get to it, I think that is where the uh, uh, real game-changing thing will come in. Uh, and people might slowly move out of Facebook and the problems, compliance problems that they'll be facing, and they'll spend more on other display channels. But except for that, uh, banner ads are traditionally doing well. Uh, and ex except for GDN also, there are a lot of in-app and banner uh, spaces available that uh, advertisers are exploring. Uh, so yes, uh, the fall of Facebook has been there, but I don't think it's been that big of an impact right, right. now with affiliate marketing perspective. And, uh, well, you know, um, just a fun insight from your side. Uh, you've used push notifications, right? Yes, I have. So, a very tough question. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, if uh, you've been using push notifications, would you mind sharing to our audience what kind of offers you've been running or you've ran in the past that you know were you know could potentially be uh, you know quite uh, beneficial or seeing 
quite uh, the great performance uh, by utilizing push notifications. What kind of verticals or what kind of offers have you ran yourself? Okay, since uh, I've had a very good relationship with Propeller Ads, and I think it's also out a bit in the uh, affiliate domain on a couple of forums, um, uh, tier three mini loans in Southeast of Asia have been doing really well. Uh, what I personally do is I don't go with uh, where the competition is. Uh, I try to find my own pockets. Uh, so I run a lot of tier three uh, countries. I run a lot of uh, Nigeria. I, I run a lot, a lot of uh, populous tier three regions like right. Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya in Africa, and then Indonesia, Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, all these, uh, Indonesia, um, all these places in the southeast of uh, Asia. So uh, um, cleaners have been doing good uh, in southeast of Asia. Mobile content has been doing really well in Africa uh, and countries right. like Thailand. Um, many loans, I think anyone who wants to start their affiliate marketing journey and who wants to grow in their affiliate journey and wants the simplicity uh, and not a lot of headache with them. Uh, I think many loans in Southeast of Asia is one vertical where you should get in with, although it's a different language uh, because uh, Indonesia, Vietnam, all these countries have different languages. So translation might be a little difficult, but hire a person who would translate your creative for you make good creative and those campaigns are really scalable. The countries are cheap, the CPCs are cheap. Uh, and I think uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, you know, the money that you can make is endless. Just, uh, you know, just a disclaimer, uh, Garab is not being paid for this podcast and the information that he's sharing. So this is all coming from a genuine place, you guys. So make sure to Unfortunately. note everything down. Unfortunately <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> make sure make sure to note everything he says i mean save this podcast episode listen to it over and over again uh but <laughs> kidding aside uh you know garav um you know what what are we uh, expecting for 2023 what else are we expecting in 2023 that would uh you know provide our audience more insights on where to focus on to right um, not just in terms of verticals not just in terms of offers but um, Seasonality-wise, we're seeing IPL, uh, I believe, yeah. at some point, right? So, yeah. uh, what else are we seeing that's going to boom? So, uh, I would break it down by quarter. Tier one, which we call, which we also call tier four in India, which is January to March, uh, is March is the financial year closing in India. So, from January to March, you would see a lot of fintech rising because people have to file the taxes. And uh, there are a lot of insurances that are bought. Uh, there are a lot of other investments that are done. So till March, focus on investments and insurance offers. Uh, uh, I think April and May is also academic year starting. Education is one vertical uh, that the affiliates can also uh, focus on. Uh, during that period itself, March, uh, IPL will be launched, and I, if I'm not wrong, IPL goes on for about 45 to 60 days. Uh, so one uh, uh, vertical that I think uh, that the affiliates should focus on is fantasy sports uh, or regulated gaming uh, uh, that allows you to promote anything related to IPL. Uh, that can also be watch IPL online. You can tie up with OTTs and promote their content if you can. Uh, so yes, IPL is one event. Um, then, see, quarter two is a bit slower, but that in, uh, which is April to June, but that is summers in India. Uh, Ecom is one space, uh, and appliances is one space, because at that point in time, people really look for something like an air conditioner, a cheaper version for air conditioner, uh, maybe uh, summer clothes and all that stuff. So right. that point in time, I would say, is the time of e-commerce. Uh, and also, uh, during the first quarter, which is January to March, there are also a lot of festivals that go around in different regions. So you can also maybe target something uh, uh, with festivity, but I think that might also become a very difficult task for people who are not from India because it's already difficult for us to understand all the festivals in India. I don't think outside <laughs> uh, of it, uh, anyone would, able, would be able to. But I think quarter two would be the rise of e-commerce and appliances. Um, quarter three, which is uh, July to September, um, is also introduction to the festive season. Uh, one of the biggest one of the biggest festivals around September or October is Diwali. 
So prepare yourself for that. It's a pan-India festival. Uh, as uh, Rohit mentioned, people sit down with their friends and family, uh, play a lot of card games and all that stuff. So I would say Rami is one vertical that becomes super-duper hit during that point in time. Uh, E-commerce remains stable, so focus on that. And then towards the last quarter of the year, I think winters, again, e-commerce uh, and travel is a big hit. Uh, so towards the end of the year, when holiday season starts, uh, travel uh, offers really become huge, uh, not only flight bookings, but also hotel bookings and all that stuff. So I think focus on that during that point in time. Any which ways throughout the year, uh, there are a lot of verticals that remain constant, uh, um, e-commerce, travel, uh, investment finance so these remain constant throughout the year so i would say uh, pick one vertical uh, that you're comfortable with pick one traffic source that you're comfortable with just focus on that for at least about six years if you're entering india because there's a lot to explore all you have to do is just find your pockets right 100 percent. and speaking about travel uh, actually rohit is uh, has arrived yesterday uh, here in cyprus where our commercial offices are uh, and speaking of that, it was quite smooth, wasn't it? I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, the restrictions, uh, COVID restrictions and all that, everything has been lifted. Travel is, is back on, right? Yes. Yes, very much, friends. I mean, there's no uh, much restrictions. Uh, even the visa process is much more simple. So, yeah, it's, I think everything is getting back into normal. And well, I see, I mean, I see it's really crowded. Yeah. Um, I, I think we had an issue, uh, right, Gaurav, in Delhi airport, yes. you know, like, it was so, so crowded that you know, uh, people, just, I mean, the airport staff couldn't manage the uh, traffic over there inside the airport. I mean, it, oh, shit. I mean, you can say that, that so not, was so crowded. Not blaming the, not blaming the airport uh, staff, but the travel has become, uh, this year especially, during the last two weeks, the travel has been so hectic in India that it has been taking people two to three hours to get out of immigration. Uh, and the center government That's has crazy, been involved. Yeah. The center government has been involved in clearing out that stuff. Uh, I was lucky enough uh, uh, when I was coming back from the affiliate conference in Bangkok. I was lucky enough to get out of there in ten minutes when the center government was involved. But I think it has got messed up again. So the travel vertical, <laughs> you can get a hang of it. That airport is jam packed. So you can ha- get a hang of it on how travel uh, is getting back after the pandemic. Right. But yeah, speaking of travel, you know, um, we are celebrating uh, uh, New Year's, Christmas and New Year's uh, every every year. And we usually have like really, you know, uh, just big bash of a uh, big bash of party. And we're bringing everybody from all our offices around the world. And of course, India is uh, representing <laughs> with Royd and all the rest of the team. Uh, of course, we are AdTech Holding. Uh, Propellize is part of the AdTech Holding, with, which consists of other, group, uh, other companies, right, in the holding. And we have a lot of people coming in. And of course, Gaurav, you're always welcome. Anytime. You're always welcome in our family. Of course, I mean, as I was saying, uh, you know, it's, um, it's really, really great that you have an experience. You have the hands-on experience working in propeller ads, but I really appreciate your transparency all the time. We've had a, we've had an, I've had an interview with uh, Garaba probably around a year ago. We talked about different other aspects back then, um, but uh, really, I really, really appreciate uh, your transparency, your time, first of all. And rest assured that, you know, um, anything, anything at all that we as a company uh, in terms of um, the insights that you provided, uh, you know, in, in India and uh, all the really very insightful information uh, on behalf of the company, you know, Rohit and myself, we really do appreciate it. And thank you so much. You really do provide such a, a great value when it comes to the information that you share uh, especially with advertisers and affiliate marketers or even newbies that want to join uh, you know, the affiliate marketing industry because it is an evergreen industry. It's bulletproof. <laughs> it has been proven. It has its ups and downs, you know, let's be frank, right? With a lot of verticals and trends, everything fluctuates. Everything goes up, everything comes down. But uh, the beauty of affiliate marketing is definitely the fact that, you know, no matter the seasonality, no matter which period of your life you join or you test it out, you know, and for, for, I don't know, different circumstances, uh, 
wherever you are, I think affiliate marketing, because it's definitely online, it's digital, uh, you have tons and tons of resources to learn about uh, you know, affiliate marketing uh, and how to start with it. Uh, so again, uh, Gaurav, thank you so much uh, for the time and uh, really for the, <laughs> for the daddy kitchen. We were about half an hour late. I was about half an hour late because of a prior meeting that I had. But, uh, you know, again, you know, my highest appreciation. Uh, and, uh, of course, um, please find Gaurav. We will probably like, put all of your yeah. details anyways, right? Uh, your social media, uh, <laughs> LinkedIn, uh, WhatsApp, Tinder. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I really Ryan, appreciate you, you guys. Oh yeah, really you really want that? Fine. <laughs> Renz, no, you're you all this. Thank you uh, so no, much. Renz, I mean, having said all this, I think you know we should have more sessions. Uh, we should, uh, you know, have more conversations with Gaurav. Get oh, definitely. More um, and let's, you know, I think we should discuss on vertical wise, um, and you know, like how you know each vertical performs and what is it that we can do as affiliate marketers to, you know, make sure that, you know, the verticals actually perform well and they get their uh, proper responses from, you know, the campaigns that they run. So I think, you know, we'll have more sessions like this. And honestly, it was wonderful, you know, talking to you. <laughs> and, you know, like Wait. we said before, we started a conversation, Delhi food, winters, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I mean, let me see before the winters is over, if I can come and, you know, like catch up with you and then, you know, just enjoy some of, you know, the so discussed food uh, that, you know, we get. If I did not have a beard, you could see me blushing. Uh, thank you so much for <laughs> the appreciation, man. <laughs> yeah. But I really, I sincerely appreciate you guys having me and having this conversation and giving me the opportunity. Thank you. I think this opens, uh, uh, you know, this opens doors for, I mean, as Rohit said, for future, uh, you know, um, guestings. Uh, we would definitely love to have you every time, you know, no matter what. Uh, and, uh, of course, I think this also could be a potential article that we would release because this is a lot. This is a lot of insights. Yeah. This is a lot of information. So make sure to tune in to Propeller On Air. This is uh, Renz Gonzalez from uh, Propeller Ads. Uh, thank you so much, Gaurav, once more, once more, and uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, Rohit, thank you for joining in. Our country partnership manager in India. We've opened our offices in Bangalore, so that's very, very exciting. We are having more and more people joining the team there. Uh, so make sure to tune in. Uh, I believe that you know we will definitely share all the information of both uh, gentlemen that provided a lot of insights today. Gaurav, Rohit, uh, thank you so much once more. Uh, make sure to check out all of our social media.